From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, J.R., the biggest story last week, Milwaukee was chosen as the site for the Democratic National Convention in 2020. The city beat out two other finalists, Houston and Miami Beach. President Trump narrowly won Wisconsin in 2016. So in choosing Milwaukee, what kind of message do Democrats hope to send? And does the location of the convention have any bearing on whether Democrats win Wisconsin in 2020? Let's start with the selection of Milwaukee and why. Um, Look, Wisconsin is going to be, if not the, one of the swing states in 2020. So coming here doesn't hurt, obviously. But there's more to it than that, and that is Wisconsin was once part of what's called the the blue wall for Democrats. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, that blue wall went away in 2016. Coming here is a commitment to the upper Midwest, to winning back those states, and in the announcement, Tom Perez, the National Party chair, talked about how this is a, a symbol of the party's values. He talked about the party's diversity and how it's reflected with Milwaukee being a majority-minority city, about uh, the city's history with labor, uh, about, at least before Governor Walker, in his words, uh, Wisconsin's history with the environment education. There are things like that that they're trying to kind of make a connection when it comes to why they chose Milwaukee. As far as the impact, what's no guarantee but to Democrats, they're going to bring attention uh, to Wisconsin. And again, that symbolism, remember, Hillary Clinton didn't visit Wisconsin in 2016 after the April primary. Coming back here is a little bit of a symbol, again, of make sure that's not going to happen again with a swing state like Wisconsin. Governor Evers says Wisconsin will join a multi-state lawsuit challenging President Trump's emergency declaration to pay for a wall along the southern border. The lawsuit alleges the declaration is unconstitutional. Now, wouldn't Evers have to get permission from the Republican-controlled legislature to join this lawsuit under the lame duck laws that were passed designed to limit the governor's powers? No, those laws only impacted settlements and pulling out of a lawsuit. It did not impact the governor's ability to authorize the attorney general to file a lawsuit. So in this case, here's an example where uh, Evers and Josh Call, the attorney general, can still team up to go do something like this. Now, the question becomes if there's a settlement, um, if Evers and Call want to withdraw from the suit, then they have to go to the legislature for permission. But this doesn't impact their powers in that regard. And finally, Governor Evers seems to be downplaying how much taxes may ultimately go up in the state budget he proposed last month. Evers said in a radio interview last week that there may be some small tax increases, but he views that as pretty close to meeting his campaign promise not to raise taxes. Do you think the GOP would agree with Evers' assessment, and how long do you think it'll take for the two sides to come up with a workable plan? Oh, I mean, Republicans absolutely don't agree with Evers saying that he's close to his pledge. Now, look, Governor Evers, you know, he's still early in his term. He's had some issues so far with message discipline and how to kind of couch things. So what, you know, Democrats tell me that he likely meant was that when you take into account everything that's going on in this budget, that for people in the middle class and, and uh, lower incomes, they're not going to see much of a change, or they wouldn't see much of a change. Um, to them, that's you know keeping close to his pledge. The tax hikes would be on people who are making more than 
$150,000 for gross gross income or bigger manufacturers, things like that. But that's not how it came out. And this is an example of Evers and the issues with message discipline. How to, he's opening the door to the attacks from Republicans saying, well, what's this guy talking about? Does he even know what's in his own budget? So there's that. The budget in general, it's still up in the air. We're still trying to figure out the dynamic of how these guys are going to get something done, when we might see a compromise, if any, or if it's going to devolve into just a plain old veto fight. And that's still up in the air, and it may take months to figure that out. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.